Hello, everyone. I'm Contessa of WrestleZone.com, and I'm joined by John Clark to talk about Monday Night Raw. John, how are you doing tonight? Absolutely excellent. How about you? I'd like to hear that. I'm, I'm good as well. Uh, you know, John, Raw tonight, not bad. Not bad. Now, we're going to talk about that ending, but uh, and that, that was divisive. But uh, overall, I mean, for, for a show that, that we sit here week after week and tend to not really be too, too high on, I, I feel pretty good after this one. You know, the show did not drag the way it usually does. There's a lot of stuff that I was at least interested in. And I, I was very pleasantly surprised. And, and even, you know, there's stuff to look forward to for next week. I mean, from, from not even just the good matches, although they're always good matches, but some of the storyline things I was actually pretty happy with. And even though there were some things I was like, I wish they did this instead. I was pretty happy with what, what happened, but you know, let's not bury the lead. Before we do talk about the main event, I do want to say this show, like everything we, we do here at WrestleZone, is available on any number of stream, streaming platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be, we've got you covered. So, John, the show closing angle tonight, Shayna Baszler and Alexa Bliss in Alexa's Playground. Of course, a follow-up on last week's angle where Shayna called Lily a stupid doll, where she, you know, she beat up Reginald and she wanted to get a kind of you know, get rid of this, this, you know, nuisance of Alexa Bliss in her attempt to, you know, achieve success on Raw. And so she showed up on the playground. Bliss wanted to be friends. She said to see Scott, apologize to Lily. Bailey wasn't having any of it. And uh, she grabbed Lily, stomped on her. Then Bliss, you know, did her, her supernatural stuff. Bliss actually attacked her. So I commended her for that, actually getting a little physical there for the first time in a while. And then... This this just this went off the rails pretty quickly. Where Baszler went backstage after like uh, Bliss caused flame flame to shoot up from the ramp. Uh, she went backstage. She and it was like a horror movie. She was like you know trying to escape and th the lights were flickering and she locked herself in a room. And then Lily showed up in the mirror and uh, like Baszler smashed the mirror and then Lily was still there. And the show ended with Baszler like screaming and man i don't know all right i know this is divisive i know a lot of people are not very happy with this and they're really criticizing it i'm i will say john the bar is so low for me where if WWE tries something different if they do something if, if i just want to see effort right so so often we're sitting here saying it doesn't feel like they're trying they're doing the same things over and over again and then you get stuff like this and because we're so conditioned just to expect dullness nothingness more of the same I see something like this as a good thing. I see this as something different and something just to to shake it up, to to prove that they are trying something. Now, John, I do want to hear your thoughts about it because obviously you may not agree. Uh, I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was pretty bad, I thought. All right. Uh, in fact, it was. I thought it was very bad. Uh, I think probably the worst part of the show, actually. Um. I, I don't I don't I just don't get it. I mean I don't get it. I don't understand where it's going. I don't understand why they're they're making her look so stupid. Like I told you last week, the last time that they had a pay per view in front of fans besides WrestleMania was Elimination Chamber, where yep. Shayna Baszler killed everybody in the chamber in like six minutes. So great, and that was awesome. It's almost exactly a year and a half later, and she looks like a Joker. I don't like yeah. it. I mean, I will say I don't want to contradict myself, right? I've been sitting here for weeks saying they need to book Basler better. They need to like treat her as a, a legitimate competitor. And yeah, tonight was not the best look for in that sense. But I guess for me, I was so relieved just to see something a little different. I like think that. I just think people are getting the wrong impression from this. Like a lot of people are thinking that this doll is going to come to life or somebody's representing by this doll. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think that's the case. I think it's just going to end up being Alexa Bliss having a match with Shayna Baszler. I mean, I think this is like Bray Wyatt, where Bray Wyatt was this nice guy, and then he changed into a different character when he was in a match. I think it's going to be the same thing here. Uh, I thought maybe they would do something kind of big to make it more interesting. Like, maybe it would be something, or maybe we would see Bray Wyatt or, or something. I mean, I, I, when I say something unpredictable... I mean that in a good way because what we saw tonight was certainly unpredictable, but not in a good way by any means. Uh, the last frame there where she kicks the mirror, the mirror shatters, but the mirror is still there in place. And then you see Lily in the background where all of a sudden there was a door with a couch in front of it. Now there's no door. It's just a wall now. Um, <laughs> you have to, like I saw people saying give props to the editing team. Sure, give props to the editing team. We've, we've said this time and time again. 
come a month from now, they can't do this anymore. They can't edit like this anymore. It's all going to be live in person. So, I mean, they need to have a plan what they're going to do with this. Uh, and I just don't understand, really. I, I to, For it to close the show, there is usually some kind of meaning behind it. Uh, and now we saw two weeks ago when it closed the show where Shayna challenged Reginald to a match. And now you get the same thing closing the show two weeks later. Again, still doesn't make sense. Uh, I would have much rather saw the end of the show being the probably the contract signing would have made the most sense to me looking back on it. I agree. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I do want to get some of these comments, though, because obviously this is a very polarizing thing. Nesha Kerr is saying she's, it's interesting. She wants to see where it goes. And she's saying, let's be happy that the fact that Shayna has a storyline at all. And I mean, I, I like that positivity. I mean, again, I'm trying to sit here, be positive. I don't want to, I don't want to bury raw. I mean, I, again, I'm just so desperate for, and for you found the only comments you could possibly find. That oh, okay. Positive. Okay. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ignoring the others. All right. Sean Acoff saying it was a drizzling blank. All right. I'm not like, obviously I know plenty of people were not very high on this either. Uh, and you know, we're getting what else? Uh, let's see someone saying like everything with the fiend and Alex is horrible um uh yeah and then this <laughs> as well saying none of, and john you just said none of the, the and nasha is saying none of this fiend alexa whatever none of it's gonna really i mean work. obviously they're gonna do they're gonna continue to do the backstage segments which you can tape uh, in advance yeah. uh but as far as the live stuff goes where you're kicking a door and then the door is all of a sudden not there and everything like <laughs> you, that will be something you'd have to film beforehand also and I just don't think that's the, the, the plan they're going to take here. So, and I agree with James right here. I yeah. agree. It's funny. That was my, that was my first reaction. James, uh, our friend from Nando saying the basal, uh, bl- segment where we've been talking about made me say to myself, what the blank did I just watch? That was my reaction. And then I, I processed, I was like, you know, I, I I'm. And, and I'd given her some momentum because for it, it had been two or three weeks now. Uh, and I, Alexa Bliss had disappeared from our Wrestles and Universal rankings. And then suddenly this week, she's back up there to number 19. And because, I mean, she was relevant. And the fact that she may have ended the show yet again tonight, her and Shayna both are in the top 25. I mean, it, it speaks that they're main eventing. They're closing the show. Like I, like I said, the rankings are more than just wins and losses. They're your relevance on the show, your storyline. Being closing the show, I mean, that... that you got Roman Reigns closing on SmackDown, and here you got Alexa Bliss and Shayna Baszler closing on Raw for the second week out of the last three weeks. So, I, I mean, I think it's very fair to say that the show closing angle does matter, right? And you usually want something big, you know, something a cliffhanger, big. which is kind of what we well, we got the cliffhanger, but it yeah. was dumb. Yeah, you know, there there have been a couple times, even throughout this Bliss. Uh, fiend all of this this saga you know we've gotten some good cliffhangers even even with this storyline but this yeah i will agree like for a cliffhanger aspect you know i do tend to want more but i just i, I i'm sitting here i'm sitting i'm thinking okay i'm interested in what's gonna happen next whereas there are plenty of weeks where i'm like all right the show ends and then it's just like and that's it you know so for me yeah this wasn't perfect by any means i'm just glad that it's something that's showing some initiative some some creative juice john just something you know and i again the, the bar is so low too low i shouldn't have to be sitting here um necessarily defending that defending the the mere effort but to me even that is just a step in the right direction here but i do want to say even beyond this i did think raw this week was a step in the right direction herman takar saying raw was good and we're getting some comments as well you know that seem to do agree others not so much but uh, beyond this segment i will say in a lot of ways uh one of the main components of tonight was you know more not necessarily underutilized talent but just again re- uh, capitalizing on the the roster that the show does have and i think one main fear after last week's round of releases was okay if the show is already repetitive what are we going to do with an even smaller roster but this week we got a match between Mansoor and drew gulak we got the viking raiders in this tag team battle royal we got um you know all various jeff, hardy. Like jeff hardy was on the show man jeff hardy was on the show he won he won his first singles match since i think i saw like january 18th or something like that uh he won a tag team match with Carlito in early february but that was it so, you know, good for Jeff Hardy. Subject Alexander was in that match, just really kind of uh, utilizing kind of the, the full depth of the roster like that. So I think that was a, definitely another a very positive sign for tonight where they're not just like relying on they not just rematches. And granted, yeah, Riddle and Kingston pulled double duty, but they put on a great match at the end and they didn't they did 
things that you might not expect. A lot of people thought that RK Bro would win that tag team battle royal. Instead, the Viking Raiders won. So that means the Viking Raiders are potentially being built back up here. And you know, when they when I saw they were in this match, I was like, okay, I want them to go back to get built back up. You know, back in the you know what 2019, they showed up on Raw. They got built up as this very dominant team. That kind of fell off the rails, and then Ivar got hurt, and then they, you know, they recently came back, and then they were gone for a bit. Now they're back again. So I think that would be a good, even, even, even if, assuming they wouldn't defeat uh, Styles and Omos, I think that's just a good way to really build up this tag team and maximize the depth you have there as well. And I, I, I overlooked Jackson Riker, Jackson Riker and Elias tonight. They had a storyline as well. And we're going to talk. Don't worry, John. John's shaking his head. We're going to talk about it. But again, just very, the, at the very least, they are utilizing the roster, not just relying on the same call it, you know, maybe 10 people tops. And it wasn't, it, the show was not perfect by any means. All right. There was still some, a lot of stuff that I did not like at all. And we'll talk about that. But you know, for this, me, I'm sitting well, here, and this, this is this is a step forward. I'll say that. So yeah, and the Alexa Bliss and Shayna Baszler, like just the way that the show came to an end tonight, and the general like, this isn't something that you want to like. And I'm talking, I'm referencing next month when fans come back. This isn't something that you want to do, like when you're for the first time you're coming back to, you know, Los Angeles, and then you you pull this for your main event, like. You, you, you have to be strategic on how you're doing this when fans come back because, like, another important part of the show that we mentioned that you can't, you know, you can't just edit these segments anymore. The crowd reaction, you also can't predetermine anymore as well. Right, right. And this would not have done well with the live crowd at the end. Uh, it just wouldn't, wouldn't have went very well. It's true, you know, and yeah, that, that, like, like we were saying earlier, that is something that they will have to kind of consider when the fans are back. Both well, like, Luke, like Luke said, they're going to be in for a rude awakening. I mean, they will yeah, be. They think yeah. this is going to work. I hate if to they say were it, smart, but, you know, they, would look at, they would look at the Twitter trends and they would know immediately that it, it's not going to go over well. But they seem to never... For, for a company that literally every Monday and Friday is trending number one in the United States... They seem to be very blind to what people are actually saying, and they just say, "Oh, we're trending number one," but they don't realize that over half the time it's negative comments, even though they're trending number one. It's a lot of it's negative. Yeah, it's true, and that's a very—I want to say frightening, but concerning. They mask that. I mean, they mask yeah. that part of it, and but you know, the people like you know, people like me and you that actually are involved in the social media part of it. You know, there's obviously very a lot of fans that don't. They don't have Twitter. They don't get on there. They don't see that stuff. Those people are given the impression by WWE that it's all, you know, good, positive vibes. And that's just not the case. Yeah. And, uh, again, we're just talking, I briefly mentioned the releases last week, you know, that, that wave releases has kind of spurred this discussion about the fact WWE is a business. And then, and, and now it feels like the company's being run by, you know, people that are making decisions purely on money. New leadership, pretty much. I mean, it, besides right, like right. Vince, it's new leadership that was it's in there now. Yeah, so it's very much business-driven, financial, you know, money, profit-driven, rather than, you know, really trying to make good storylines, good wrestling, good, that's it, right? Good, Just good wrestling. So that is definitely a, a shift like that. So that, I think that's a great point, that they may perhaps, you know, put their blinders on and say, okay, we're trending, but that's the. I think maybe there's that classic, you know, all, all bad publicity is still publicity, right? Yeah, I think that there's something. You know, that, oh something yeah, to be said for that. Oh yeah, they, I mean, they went to Saudi Arabia and were training number one in the world, and they didn't <laughs> care about any negative comments. So yeah, right. So, uh, but no, like I, like I said, <laughs> so the show tonight was not perfect, but there was plenty of stuff to like. Uh, Sean Nikoff saying Archibro was one of the very few positives. And like I said, I was expecting uh, them to win that tag team battle royal. They did not. Instead, we're gonna have to kind of play the long game here, potentially. Right, we might we might not even get uh, a tag title program for them. You know, we saw tonight after that tag team battle royal, uh, Riddle faced Kofi Kingston. A uh, Riddle tried to go for the the, RK, the RKO again, and he lost. Like he, the Kingston had scouted, he, uh, Riddle lost. So, and then uh, Orton was obviously disappointed. So, kind of sowing seeds of maybe some dissent there. Although Johnny and I have talked about it, we we more expect that this will uh, probably draw out through the summer as a team and then, you know, really try and draw it out like that. Uh, but Stephen Chambers saying maybe they could break up and face off at SummerSlam. That'd be a fun match for the live crowd there. Um, but I do think they're going to kind of play this slow and draw it out like that. Uh, 
but I, I like this. They, they have they have a fun energy. They're still going with like the the zip locket, you know, key Orton being a mime kind of thing. It's it's fun and it's still a good dynamic. Um, and it is definitely a highlight where they're still kind of, you know, we, we talk. I talked about the the Roman Reigns saga over on SmackDown. Now RK Bro is coming. This kind of like weaving dynamic storyline over on Raw. And again, for a show that often doesn't really have that so much, that's that is a step in the direction for me. So I definitely like that, uh, but I don't want to again. Don't want to frame it like I, I loved everything tonight. There's one thing drove me crazy: the more of the can they possibly coexist thing with Ray Ripley and Charlotte Flair, and they literally said on commentary, "I don't think this team can coexist." Like it's just they do this over and over and over again, and like you, you just know how it's going to go. It's not even like oh, they're probably going to do this. No, you know they're going to do this. Like you know that if they have these the two enemies team them up. They're going to argue. They're going to cost each other the match. And that's just what they do. Like, they don't need to do that. These two are already feuding. They can just feud over wanting to be the premier women's uh, superstar on Raw. That's it. They don't do any of this dumb stuff. And they did. They did that tonight. And, mind you, they continue to bury Nikki Cross purely by the way they talk about her. They, on commentary, they were praising her for having pep, John. For having pep. What is that? What is that, man? <laughs> she, she's, not, she's not the little husband that could. It drives me crazy. Like, well, oh, well, like like we discussed briefly last week, if you do look at the women's roster on Raw, I mean, somebody does have to kind of be like at the bottom and somebody has to be at the top. That's just the nature of the game. Not everybody can be at a top tier level. Right. And while I get that Nikki Cross is probably one of the, at, at the bottom, um, but the fact that she's won three weeks in a row now, uh, technically you can use the term win loosely because the past two weeks she really hasn't won. She just beat the clock, which was two minutes. So, yeah. um, uh, yeah, I do agree. We obviously knew what we were getting here with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. Uh, this is interesting because I, I wonder if, if Rhea does get past here, what do they have in store for her come SummerSlam time? Because once you get past Charlotte, um, the the most logical choice for me would be to bring in like Becky Lynch or somebody like that. But right. if you look at who's on the roster right now, I mean, obviously you got Shayna and Alexa tied up. I mean, I guess you got Nia Jax. I mean, I guess she would work. But you get where I'm getting at. The star power yeah. there is running low. And if they're going to do another Lashley McIntyre 2.0 and drag this out to the next five pay-per-views, I guess right. it might make it to SummerSlam. But, yeah. uh, and then, of course, Asuka's still there. She's hanging on. Uh, she's number 23 there in, in the rankings. She's been hanging on there between 20 and 25. She just does enough there where she'll show up and win a match, but then she'll go away for like a week and a half or two weeks, then she'll come back and win a match again. So uh, there's clearly no creative direction for her. Whenever they first mentioned tonight that uh, Nikki Cross would get to pick her partner, my mind immediately went to Naomi because I knew that she was aligned with Lana and Lana is no longer with the company. So I figured that Naomi would be top choice there, but obviously she wasn't. Oscar obviously was really the only other possibility that you could you could have. I mean, there was nobody else. So there was one person, John. All right, don't say Eva Marie. Don't no, no, say no, Eva no, Marie. no, 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 okay. no, 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 no. We'll talk about her. Don't you worry. But when they Sonya said... Deville, you were going to say Sonya Deville, weren't you? No, no, it was not. Oh, good. No, that'd be good too. I like that. But all right, hear me out. So when they announced that Nikki Cross would have a partner of her choice, my mind immediately, no hesitation, went to Alexa Bliss because you have that history. Yes, Bliss is a heel. I understand that. But we saw literally a storyline months ago where Cross tried to like get through to get through to Bliss, you know, reach her the, the true Alexa Bliss uh, beneath the 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 you know makeup and the and the and the fiend stuff. And like, you know, they could kind of, they could have gone with this like, you know, friends don't give up on each other she could have been like all right this is my chance to you know again break through to alexa even you know months later i thought that'd be something right just to like you have the history there rather than you know yeah it was great to have oscar on the show but you know again she's one of the many people at this point that's kind of floating around aimlessly and that leads me to my next point where you're asking about SummerSlam. this this doesn't help for SummerSlam, but right after SummerSlam, so reportedly the draft will be august 30th and uh, like the first week of september so that 
I, I saw the headline today and I just breathed a massive sigh of relief. John, you and I and, and Robert and I as well over on the SmackDown side of things, constantly, constantly, constantly talking about the show is stale. The roster needs some some fresh faces, needs some shakeup. And even if you like, I don't even we don't need to get into like the NXT side of things where like, oh, they should call up this person. But just by like moving people around that are already on main roster, whether it's you know, moving some of the, the woman on Raw over to SmackDown because they need it. Or if it's, you know, moving some people, I mean, Asuka is one example of that. Or moving, I don't know, Kevin Owens over to Raw. Whatever it might be, just moving people it's around. It's almost like they're going to be wrapping up their feuds at SummerSlam. Like, it was, it's kind of like a, people like to use the term season finale and mid-season finale. To me, this is like their mid-season finale type episode where, okay, SummerSlam, we're going to wrap up what we have now. We're going to come in the next week. And they don't even do, like, I mean, essentially what they do now is, is if you're not a champion, you're a free agent and you can get dropped into anywhere. It used to be, you know, they would have a match and then, okay, we would take somebody from your show and you'll take somebody from our show. Now it's like they just start from scratch. Like, yeah, you just draw from a pool of everybody now. Yeah. And I, I like that. You know, I remember when I first started watching draft was very unpredictable and you know at least maybe naively i was i thought there was you know no no predetermination or anything obviously there is but it is just a fun way to kind of shake things up move people around and yes luke gotta start as always chipping down about the booking and saying it's not gonna matter if the booking (laughs) is the same and i understand that all right i'm not saying the draft's gonna fix everything and again craig dumolin dumolin uh saying the poor booking will always poor poor booking and again the draft is not going to fix everything. I'm saying as a pure Band-Aid fix, it's just going to like make things... It's like a nice fresh coat of paint, so then we can at least just, you know, maybe a month or two after that, then we'll be complaining about whatever's getting stale at that point. But I'm like, we're reaching this point where it's like everything feels... Well, not everything. Many things feel so, again, this dull and same. And yeah, I again, I, I started the show praising a very questionable show-closing angle just because it was something different. And yes, different does not necessarily mean automatically good. But, I mean, just the, the draft is a nice way just to open up new potential matches rather than having, or I guess it's probably, again, that, that treadmill of, yeah, the draft will add new people to the show. And then, yeah, maybe that whatever people come to the show will suffer the same patterns, you know, repetitive matches, repetitive booking, questionable booking, whatever it might be. But I think that I always think the draft is just a... a it's I, I welcome it, all right, and I, I know it's not perfect, but uh, and then you do uh, kind of expand that to potential NXT call-ups, actually bringing in new people, not just people f- between the brands and like you know adding a fresh coat of paint, but actually bringing in new people, and that opens up any number of possibilities, and that's what Stephen Chambers is uh, suggesting here. But uh, I don't know, I I, I don't want to get too you know too off the wall with like oh they need to call up Adam Cole or they need to do this, but. Who knows? I, are you, like, there are there any, any any people they could call up? And I'm not sure if they even will include next season draft. But if they do, I think that is a very, you know, a, a good well of talent to draw from. So I'm looking forward to that. That's way in August, so we can't even really speculate on that too much because uh, you know who knows where, where things will stand by that point. But in the meantime, yeah, it's a, it, I would at this point I imagine they're gonna you know kind of turn Ripley and Flair into Lashley McIntyre 2.0 because they don't really have many people beyond. Ripley at this point. Asuka definitely has already kind of been beaten by by Ripley there. Um, and I'm, I'm struggling to think of many other people I could really kind of step in and challenge um, Ripley at this point. So, again, I imagine John, you and I, sooner or later, will be sitting here saying the exact same things we've been saying about Lashley McIntyre about that feud. And that leads to the next point. We got a contract signing for Lashley McIntyre tonight. As you might expect, it will be a handless little match. So, good. At least that's a way just to do something different there so it's not yet another singles match. Uh, and you thought, John, I'm sure you'll, you'll be glad about this. They said this will be McIntyre's last chance at the title. So barring a, a, a questionable <laughs> victory for him, this will be the last time McIntyre challenges for Lashley's title for the foreseeable future. So again, yet another thing I, I see as, as a win for tonight's show. What, do you, what, what say you? Uh, I'm not convinced because look, is it really out of the realm of possibility that Drew does win and then we have to have another rematch again after this? Like, no, for real. Exactly. I mean, think about it. Uh, because here is my thought process behind this. If they have penciled in Brock versus Bobby, then okay, whatever, Bobby wins. But if they have not secured Brock Lesnar, you have to think after Hell in a Cell, we have money in the bank. And then we have SummerSlam also. If if not Lesnar, who against Bobby? 
Can you think of anybody immediately for Bobby? The only one that comes to mind, uh, it's something I've been thinking about for a while, is Randy Orton. You could pretty quickly heat that up. That, and to me, probably, that's probably it. Yeah, for, but, for a legitimate SummerSlam match like that. See, and I just think with him stuck into that feud with the tag team, I just don't think that's like feasible. And then, okay, so if Drew wins, then, I mean, there's something to be said with Kofi potentially going up against Drew. Uh, but I think either way, they're kind of in trouble right now because like, if you think about who's next up, I, I don't know. It's just really hard to say. I mean, we have Money in the Bank first. Uh, I have a few initial picks of who I would definitely want to see when Money in the Bank. We'll get into that a little later. But uh, when it comes to SummerSlam and thinking about, if not Brock, who, if Keith Lee's not ready, I, I don't, I, I can't think of anybody. I don't know who. So that's very important. I mean, and this is why we have a draft right after that because, like, we're out of possibilities here. And, but like you said, good news. Yeah, good news because I do think that, uh, pending some crazy instance where who knows what, uh, Bobby will retain and move on, and Drew will, for the first time in a year, have to find something else to do, also. So, I mean, Let's see. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, and uh, you know we are seeing some some pitches here. You know whether it's uh, Jeff Hardy, him up. That'd be again they'd have to do a lot of work for that. Drew McIntyre versus Brock. It's an option, but again, like you're saying, it, we're looking at it like if they haven't secured uh, Brock Lesnar, otherwise, yeah, uh, Keith Lee. One of those things we're not really sure what's going on there. Uh, man, and some people joking about Braun Strowman's release. Uh, Riddle. Maybe, but you just mentioned. I mean, I guess Orton. you got you do have the fiend still too, but we yeah. don't know what the deal was with him either. Yeah, he's been gone and presumably dealing with something for a while, or it might be just creative. I don't know, but the fact is, he has not been there for almost what pretty much two months at this point. So how do you really kind of factor him in for a big match like that at this point? Although I think that'd be a good match if it were to happen. Uh, I like this comment from Nando wondering, Hey, give Xavier Woods an under underdog oh story. Oh, please. No. Oh, oh <laughs> boy. Like that one. No, no, um, no. Well, if you don't like that, how, how about doing something different with the new day where uh, we did see a potential tease tonight where MVP approached Kofi Nixon backstage and cut one hell of a promo saying basically Kofi Kofi mania ended because because you let it because you you know because you're the happy-go-lucky guy that and you're and he criticized Kingston for shaking hands with McIntyre after he lost last week and all these things and I saw I, I saw this and I'm like man could we could we potentially see MVP kind of unite with Kofi Kingston here and to me that would be cool like I, I was sitting here last week week before that saying all right for me and you let's go for it no let's go for maybe for a heel Kofi Kingston and saying like guy i want to be the champion i'm done like i'm done no more mr nice guy i i like that idea i think that yet again yet another thing that would be fresh new and different than what we've been seeing what, what would you think about that john yeah uh i would much rather prefer this though if it was like kofi going at it alone as far as he'll turn like turning on xavier woods i know people are concerned that he'll get lost in the mix he probably would get lost in the mix yeah uh but that's a chance you have to take uh, Kofi with MVP would be very interesting, but to me, where does that leave Lashley? Is Lashley aligned with these two? Is MVP and Kofi turning on Bobby, which would make Bobby a babyface, which wouldn't make right. sense. So there's a lot of things to consider how they're going to go about that. But um, I do think there is some kind of development here. I do think Kofi Kingston will be a relevant player in this Money in the Bank match coming up. I, he's always one of the ones you can count on to be in that match. So I do think we'll see that tied into this somehow also. But yeah, it was definitely intriguing. That was the best promo of the night. It was the best promo in quite some time. Very personable because everything he said was true. I mean, right. MVP legitimately did cry at WrestleMania when Kofi won. He was very proud, like he said, because he could relate with his son, you know, to a person of color winning the championship, which had not been done. And that that's that was all truth. I mean, everything that happened in that promo was truth. Kofi looked genuinely like he was actually getting upset. 
you know, his reign to Brock Lesnar. I mean, you have you have the title for what, like six, seven months, and then you lose to Brock Lesnar in eight seconds. Four. So Four. yeah. So Damn. he has a reason to revisit this kind of whole story there. And I thought it was interesting and I, I hope they stick with it. Yeah. And uh yeah, I definitely hope that tonight wasn't just a, a one off where it wasn't just Kingston saying, you know, no, no, I'm gonna still keep doing what I'm doing. Like this is a very good chance for Kingston to kind of you know, reevaluate and say, all right, I, I lost to Drew McIntyre. I had the shot to challenge for the title again, and and I and I lost. So that feels like a very logical, you know, way to say, all right, let's do something different here. And again, Kofi Kingston, very much a guy that he's always been a face. So this is very much a chance to to shake that up, and and I, I like that idea. Uh, I, I I like it. I, I I at this point, that's quickly becoming something that I would like to see happen. Because um, yeah, we're looking at you know. But we've had Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre for so long now. And then I think of, we were just talking about it, if, if not for Brock Lesnar, um, maybe Randy Orton, there are some other options. But in terms of heating someone up as a, you know, a, a new fate, not even a new face, but just something different on, on, in the main event scene. There you have it. A push Kofi Kingston as a heel like that. I think that'd be definitely something interesting to see. Um, so, I, yeah, that was definitely one of my big the takeaways for tonight where, like, again, didn't necessarily think about that going into this show, but... Um, I would very much be, would be here for it. And to, to clarify, Jesus Cassier saying that the New Day, initially, they were heels. But I I think everybody kind of tends to picture Kofi Hickson as the, the fun-loving, you know, pure babyface through and through. So, you know, my, my, that's more what I meant. Natalie has literally always been a, a, a face like that. But nonetheless, someone else who uh, t- had a face turn tonight, and we'll talk about this heel turn. Someone had a face turn, John, was Jackson Riker. I'm going to admit, Elias came out there, and for the second week in a row, he was. They kind of teased this like PTSD angle where he was like, "Oh, you know, I, I, I don't want to deal with Jackson Riker because he's too unstable, he's too unpredictable, and they're very clearly going for like this war hero thing." So it feels like they're walking this fine line. But Jackson Riker, you know, we're, I was talking about, you know, some of these other people that you know they're they're uh, utilizing and featuring new people on Raw. So you know, here, here we are, Jackson Riker, and granted, a lot of stuff surrounding him uh you know uh, out of the ring out behind the scenes and whatnot but very least if you put that aside someone new on raw someone a, a new care new featured player here on raw um getting getting a win by count outside uh, elias again walked to the back um so i, I don't know john what, what do you think of this they're, they're at least they're they're doing again i i the theme of tonight, the theme of tonight john was that they, they they did something they tried something Right. Jackson Riker is now apparently this veteran war hero that's supposed to be a baby face. And I'm here to tell you that that will not work. The fans will not like him. They just won't. I mean, they're not going to forget. I mean, what started his kind of downward spiral in the first place. He made some comments on social media that people didn't like that were politically minded. Uh, and that kind of started the whole collapse of you know just not just him but a few others as well uh but you know him being the good guy for now i mean it's fine it's something new uh i just yeah i mean i'll leave out of that because i don't see it going anywhere i think it's just kind of with something to split up elias and Riker. uh and i do agree that it is somewhat of a fine line there but um to me, it was the one of the because you know how the past couple of weeks they've been talking about how we're going on the road again, we're going on the road again, stuff like that. Yep, uh, this makes this made the most sense to me when Elias did the promo that was saying, you know, I don't want to be stuck in a car going city to city with this guy. Right. That at least that makes sense when you're talking about going on tour again because he was saying how you know he's a little bipolar. The PTSD thing, and he can't. I mean, that that is, that really is a fine line that he's riding there. And then he <laughs> then he ends it by saying, "Oh, look, I support the veterans. Don't get me wrong there." <laughs> and like, okay, but mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, yeah, we're we're getting some similar comments. Just Mata saying he doesn't like the message. There's something about PTSD, even if they're not even necessarily like they're not saying ptsd there is very clear that's the the implication the wacky warrior as well saying uh the oops sorry so the wacky warrior saying that is like what they're doing with jackson uh that was definitely another one of the the big takeaways tonight where you know they they're clearly trying to heat up jackson Riker as this new big face and like you said john i don't know if it's going to work now something else i don't know if it's going to work 
trying to make Eva Marie a babyface. Now, I think you and I have talked about this before, where we disagree if this actually is going to be a babyface. But you know, tonight, yet another fine line, which is she, she had this video segment where she was saying, "Oh, it's not easy being, you know, this this supermodel and and the, you know this movie star. Uh, it's taken me so much work to get here, and that's true. Anyone that's successful has to work to get there." Uh, and then you know she was just saying she wants to be a role model, blah blah blah, all this stuff. But we do know. Eve Marie, the, the evolution will be on Raw next week, live in person uh, in the Thunderdome. It's going to be there. Uh, so at least we don't have to keep waiting, seeing how it's going to happen. And now, the, of course, the narrative here is that Eva is going to get booed. That's what Jess Mata saying. She'll get booed when the live fans are back. So you, you could have pretty easily uh, a ready-made top heel like that for, for Ray Ripley for if or if she's a manager for somebody else. Uh, a pretty good way to quickly have a, a new featured player on Raw. John, what do you think about I mean, it's so, chapter here? It's crazy. I mean, she's been gone for how long? And now people are like, I hate her. Why are they hire her? Fire. Like, I mean, she already has all that heat and hasn't done anything. Like, what, what does everybody have against her? Like, I don't understand people's narrative when people like Braun Strowman and Aleister Black get fired. And then people comment stuff like, why couldn't it have been King Corbin? Why couldn't it have been Eva Marie? And I say King Corbin because he replied to somebody that said, why couldn't it have been King Corbin? And he said, why do people want people to lose their jobs? Nobody wanted, I mean, nobody outside of the company was saying, fire Braun Strowman. And people are saying, fire Eva Marie. And like Stephen Chambers is saying, give her a chance. And I mean, Luke's here saying because she was trash before and still is. How do you know she still is? You haven't seen her since then. Like, you don't know she can't wrestle. Just because she can wrestle in 2010 doesn't mean she can't wrestle in 2021. Drew McIntyre couldn't wrestle in 2000 and whatever it was, 10, and he left and he came back and he was the main event. Of, uh, he was the main event of WrestleMania last year and he won the championship. It's true. So. It's crazy that people just jump to conclusions without at least letting her come back for a few weeks. I mean, when Jimmy Smith sort of commentary, I didn't hear anybody saying the week before he started, oh, he sucks, fire him, because they hadn't seen him yet. And I think the same should go here. So, I mean, let's see how she does. Uh, I did see the, the kind of the reports there that she might be joined by either Mercedes Martinez, possibly, or who's the other name that was floating around there? Oh, uh, Piper. That's right, Piper. right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, an UK uh, star, yeah. Yeah, so I guess let's see what they end up doing. We'll give it a chance, but I I'm willing to give it a chance. What about you? I mean, are, are you on the kind of the path here where you're just you're already tired of it, or are you on the path where let's give her a chance and see what she can do? I'm more on that path where, like, I really do try and just give anything a chance. So when they announced that uh, Marie was coming back, I wasn't really on board with it. When uh, they started airing these these video segments, I wasn't really on board with it. But I never try to really uh, sit here and say, okay, I'm not going to give it a chance. No, I will. Uh, for me, I will. I would prefer, very much prefer, if they'd kind of clearly just tried to make her a heel anyway, because I, I really don't know. I don't see it working if she's going to be... If you're gonna try Framer's face, even if they try, because like if they're trying Framer's face, and then the live crowds come back. I really they don't have see a mark. her getting cheered. Yeah, they have a. Yeah. yeah, I don't see her getting cheered either. They'd have to do something crazy. So I mean, but no, I think it's important to give anybody a chance. And again, uh, week after week, I'm sitting here saying we we need different things, new things. You know, not less less of the same, more fresh things. And even Marie hasn't been here for a couple of years. Yeah, well, now we're getting these video segments. We don't know. We don't know what she's gonna bring to the table. We don't know. Um, what 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 this is going to look like? Whether again, if it's an, if she's a manager or if she's an, on uh, just a, a personality, what cutting promos, whatever it might be. No, I, I think it's important just to like, kind of ride it out. Yeah, and it's going to take more than one week, two weeks. Like it's something that's going to take some time. Um, and again, you're, I think you were, you were asking like, what do people have against her? At this point, it's just really turned into this narrative where like people blame her unfairly for the releases. She got signed months ago, and they just are starting to like the, well, these video segments, starting to like promote her. And just around that time, like I think it was right around when the Iconics and, other, and that wave was released, that they really started to kind of heat up her and like kind of kickstart her her video segments and everything. So there's that unfair narrative and association. And so maybe once that's a little more in the rear view, maybe uh, that people might be a little more open to, you know, giving her, giving her that chance. Cause I, I do think that is important. So 
you know, I, I'm hopeful in the sense that I think she could bring something different to the table. Um, and we'll find out what, what of them might be next week. Uh, and and you, uh, it's like, I think we got some comments about Jimmy Smith. Two weeks in now, Jimmy Smith has been a very nice addition to Raw. Uh, John, you and I talked plenty about just Adnan Verk was not a great fit. And it's a tough seat, seat to be in for anybody. So that, that speaks even, that's, you know, that's more of, even more of a credit to Jimmy Smith for stepping right in there. He has plenty of uh, broadcast experience, which has obviously helped him. Not that Adnan Verk didn't. But, you know, Jimmy Smith uh, having yeah. a combat sports background made a huge difference. And two weeks in, he's definitely, he's fit right in. He feels like a natural part of the team. And I, uh, I, I enjoy what he brings to the table in that sense. So I like it. You know, that, that's me. That, that's important to point out as well. And we're getting some comments about it. Steven Chambers with a thumbs up. But that's a small thing. But having, I mean, he's one of the voices of Raw, the guy that you're going to be hearing every week. So it's kind of important to uh, note whether, whether you like him or not. John, would you agree that he's doing a good job or, or not? Uh, yeah, I like it. I definitely think there's a chemistry there. Uh, there's a uh, better flow. Just the whole thing is definitely much better than before. And I just hope that it lasts. I mean, it should, but I mean, we thought the same thing with Tom Phillips before. And I mean, nobody thought that about Adam Verk, but we, they definitely thought that about, um, you know, Tom Phillips before and even Samoa Joe and things like that. But I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, one thing I do want to talk about is uh, Jeff Hardy picking up a win tonight over Cedric Alexander. Uh, and the reason I think it's relevant is because I do think he is in the beginning phases of what is probably a push in the next month with fans coming back. We all recall early or middle last year when the pandemic had started. And uh, I believe him and Matt, their contracts were up close to the same time. Matt decided not to re-sign, but Jeff did re-sign. And part of his uh, agreement was that he would be able to bring back his theme song at will. And, and that wasn't agreed. He, he already made that public that he was bringing back the theme song. So I do think that he brings it back pretty immediately when fans return. And you want to have him pushed in some capacity to do that. And that is why I think as of right now, uh, he is my favorite. And when I say favorite, I mean like personally, not professionally. Personally, he is my favorite to win the, the Money in the Bank match next month. Uh, from a business standpoint, I, I'm not sure that he, he will win. But from a personal standpoint, I, I would like to see him win the ladder match and get one more title run. I think it would be perfect. Uh, but professionally, I unfortunately think that we might see John Cena win the Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to get off topic, but my point is that Jeff Hardy did look good to 91. People were upset that Cedric lost because they didn't think he could afford it. Hardy couldn't afford it either though. Uh, he's yeah, been losing since January to Elias or Jackson Riker every week. He finally wins tonight. He's off main event and he gets a nice win. Uh, I I'd like to see him maybe enter a program with, uh, Seamus next. If he doesn't win money in the bank, uh, otherwise, uh, I'm glad to see him getting his theme music back and hopefully being a bigger part of the show because he did say um, when he re-signed his contract that I think ran until 2023, so he has about two years left. Yeah. He did mention that this will probably be probably be the end of his full-time career, so right. hopefully his last two years they, they can make it count. Yeah. Uh, and I would like to see them give a, I'll say, Cesaro-sized push because the last couple months he kind of got pushed pretty good there. I'd like to see Jeff Hardy get the same treatment. Maybe not win, but at right. least be in that main event spot again. Yeah, I, I think you. I think you and I might have talked about it last week, where he's very much a guy that you know he's this veteran that when he came back to WWE, yeah, he had a, a pretty a fairly good tag team run with Matt, but once he kind of broke off on his own, he never really got the chance to be the the world title contender that he once was. And, and he's a guy that has a lot of fan, support from the fans, even like even to the state, even though. You know, you look at his his recent match record. You know, loss, loss, loss. He's on main event, losing, uh, and and <laughs> now he's back tonight. And yeah, you know, I think it's fair to criticize the fact that Cedric Alexander lost this match, but at the same time, uh, that just again with WWE, with wrestling in general, someone's got to win, someone's got to lose. So the fact that Cedric had built up a couple wins recently made uh, Jeff look even better in that sense. So I think yeah, they could pretty easily slot him into the Money in the Bank match. And potentially, at least, you know, give him that Cesaro-like run where it's like, all right, you know, the the one last run for, for Jeff Hardy and win or lose, that that would be a good story. Um, 
Well, I, I didn't see that. And there, there are any, any number of people that could be good contenders as well in different ways. Damian Priest, um, you mentioned Jeff Hardy, John Morrison, Stephen Chambers pointing out John Morrison as well, an option there. Many people that you know could be uh, fresh faces in, as a world title contender. So I think that's one reason. Um, uh, combined with the return of fans, I think Money in the Bank could be a lot of fun like that. I think, if anything, we can agree that uh, there's a reason they chose Money in the Bank to switch with Hell in a Cell and yeah. WrestleMania Backlash because they they have something planned for this to be you know a big event. It's essentially it's the second event with fans back, but really the first pay per view. So yeah. yeah. Um, I think me and you can agree that they need to make it relevant this year. Last okay. year with Otis, it wasn't relevant. With Brock Lesnar, it really wasn't relevant. They need to make it uh, like, and, and even before that, when Baron Corbin won it, and it wasn't really relevant either. Like, yep. they need to go back to like when like Edge had it, Jeff Hardy had it before, right? Something so, like that. I I like it. I think uh, I w- I would think that they have something planned for, and. Maybe, I think a, a John Cena one might be, a, you know, obviously th- that'd be something big, but you know, something that e- equally kind of just as fun would be a, a Jeff Hardy one to give him that kind of that storybook run potentially. So I'm looking forward to that. Again, many options that could be, you know, pretty exciting in that sense. But I do don't want to overlook the U.S. title no more contender match here. Humberto Carrillo faced Ricochet. Sheamus came out there wearing this gnarly mask. Uh, his, he got his nose broken last week in a match with Carrillo. I think that was after his match with Ricochet. He was bleeding profusely, and he's been posing pictures about just how he, he's pretty hurt. Like he, he literally broke his nose wearing this. It was very much, like, if you remember, uh, Cody Rhodes, 2011 WWE, uh, un- undashed Cody Rhodes had the mask. It's very much like that, and you see it all the time in sports where athletes will like have a facial injury. This is you know pretty storybook like that. Uh, but he was out there, a very tough guy. You know, still still going to work, not wrestling because that would not be medically smart. But he was out there to watch this match, and Humberto and Ricochet put on a very good match, uh, where two high flyers going out doing their thing. Uh, for me, I, I'm, I'm I have a soft spot for Ricochet. I like him a lot, uh, and I was hoping to see. Uh, either way, I was hoping to see somebody win this match. He has to give somebody the rub here. Uh, granted, we've seen Ricochet versus Sheamus twice already, and we've seen we've seen Carrillo and Sheamus a couple times already as well. Um, so it was pretty easy to see a potential triple threat match here, and that's what DJ Cassier is saying. This match ended in a double count out with a pretty darn cool Spanish fly off the apron. It was pretty nice looking, uh, but yeah, it, it was a double count out, so we don't have an official number contender. So it would seem we are getting a triple threat match here. Jesse Mata, you know, yeah, this was pretty pretty predictable in that sense, but I think this will be a fun match. This has pretty clearly been the direction they're going, where last week, as much as I uh, criticized back then, Sheamus lost two matches in a row via distraction to both these guys. Now we, get, we have this, uh, this double count out. So uh, I think we, we were saying last week, the card is kind of slowly taking shape here. Uh, we, we, got, we got the Hell in a Cell stipulation for Lashley and uh, McIntyre. We know Ray Ripley will play Charlotte Flair. Maybe next week they'll, they'll. I actually no. I would expect it probably one Hell in a Cell per brand. So we got Rawls and SmackDown will do something on on their side of things as well. Because Ray and Charlotte don't need it, especially if they do again continue continue that feud for a couple months. Uh, and now this triple threat match does seem to be in the works as well. And they could very well do uh, uh, the Viking Raiders versus Styles and almost the pay per view. So you know, pretty quickly here the card is coming together to be a, a fairly on paper a solid show. So, uh, but overall here, I mean Raw. Yeah, it was not perfect. All right, <laughs> you know whatever you think of that show, the show closing angle for me, I my my score is going to be pretty high because I I came out of the show thinking, all right, I'm here for it. It was weird. Uh, it, it was it was different, and different does not automatically mean good. But because I'm just so starved for for different things, I, I'm I was happy with it. And with other things like RK Bro and, and uh, even even McIntyre and Lashley, McIntyre at first cut this kind of weird promo about you know, a Scottish king and stuff like that. But at the end, he kind of brought it. He was like, "No, I want to like rip the skin from your back." And like we actually got some like heated exchange here, and and I, I like that. Plenty of things to like, some things to not like. But for me, I mean, a great kind of gra- uh, grading on the raw kind of curve. Um, I'll go for a 6.9, you know, but like not bad by any means, uh, a little hard to go much higher than that. And then I'm not even below because I, I come out, I came out tonight feeling pretty good. But John, what do you, what do you think? I was going to give it a seven. Uh, oh, seven okay. what I had in mind. <laughs> I'll round uh, up to seven as well. Yeah. So, I mean, that was pretty good. I thought the end segment was the worst part. There was other interesting parts of the show. I thought the matches were good. The RK bro stuff is really good as usual. And I'm just curious to see what direction we're going to move forward because that cliffhanger at the end was kind of intriguing. And with the pay-per-view coming up, uh, it seems like we're going to need a, a refresher of many things before the fans come back. So, 
Yeah. John, do you think you're going to get the RK Bro shirt from DJ's? Uh, DJ's I'm wondering in the comments. No, no. I will not. Uh, my next probably shirt will be when I go to Money in the Bank. I'll get the event shirt that says I was there on the back of it. Nice. Uh, but I got my... I got my uh, Jimmy Uso Nobody's yes, Bitch did. shirt that has only been seen one time. So, <laughs> Jeff, definitely have other opportunities to break that out. I mean, I'd think about getting the RK Bro stuff if it like continues to be good and entertaining, and if I continue to enjoy it, which I think I will. Uh, but for, in terms of the enjoyment of Raw tonight, you know, we got we got a range. Stephen Chambers with a six, Michael Kent with a six as well, DJ Cassidy with an eight. Nando with a 5.8, Nestor Chris with an 8, you know, not too bad. That's actually pretty high. Michael Kent with a 6 again. Uh, Kevin Taylor with a 6.1. So, you know, not bad by any means. I mean, maybe for me, I, I'm thinking this might be, these scores are a little low. Because, uh, I again, I come out of the show thinking, all right, this show is pretty good for raw standards. This is, like, not bad at all. It's hard to say, like, good, good, but not not bad. And to me, that's, again, just a step in the right direction. A welcome one. Um, Justin Matter with a 6.5. Uh, really enjoying that ricochet Carrillo match. Um, Wacky Warrior with a 7 out of 10 as well. So, you know, last the past couple weeks have been rough where it's like I'm coming out of the show feeling like, wow, we're just getting more of the same, more of the same over and over again. And then tonight, just you know, having some some reward to just like to show me that they're trying, you know, just, and then especially after last week, the releases, everything just were a huge bummer. We didn't really talk about those that much, but, uh, you know, we're trying to kind of move past that at this point. So, um, no, again, the, that fear that that Raw would be even more repetitive. No, instead, they featured plenty of you know new people tonight. So I, I definitely enjoyed that, and that's that's the reason why I am coming on the show feeling pretty high. And I I hope it continues. And I just hurry to wrap up here with a six point six point nine. So um, not not bad by any means. And I hope that uh, next week will be just as good, if not better, on as the final stop before Hell in a Cell. But overall, here, John, you and I will be back here tomorrow. Uh, I guess already midnight. <laughs> we'll be here Tuesday night for and the NXT post show. Uh, the, the Dynamite Dudes Attitude will cover all the all all, a, all the things AEW, and they also do WCW written for some fun fantasy booking. Robert E. Flace and I have been pushed to Saturdays because AEW keeps getting pushed to Saturday uh, for due to the NBA and everything. So we will be doing uh, the SmackDown Double Down on on Saturday morning once again, at least in the meantime, and probably regularly once rampage comes around but uh, all these things in addition to a great stream of interviews constantly coming at you guys bill person recently uh, interviewed sean spears uh eric rowan uh fred ross or many many people and, and I, I interviewed um sledge roxy and ring of honor and my, my, all, all these things and more available on WrestleZone, facebook uh, soundcloud spotify youtube apple podcast whatever it may be make sure to leave like and, and subscribe we've got you covered uh you know tonight Step in the right direction. Raw actually was not bad, and I am very thankful for that. And I'm, we talk about it every week at this point, but hopefully now, you know, there are, there are turn of fans right around the corner. So that's something na naively or not to look forward to. And at the very least, in the meantime, it's important to do one thing above all others. And John, can you tell me what that is? You just have to enjoy the wrestling you're watching, have a great time, and make sure that, you know, whatever else is going on, you just take your time, you sit there and appreciate everything. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a good night.